Hi, my name is Ben Ellis with Achieve Today, and today we are going to be talking about the prosperity mindset. Do you often struggle with loving your job or paycheck? Maybe you have said to yourself, if they pay me more, I would care more. Perhaps you live paycheck to paycheck, finding you have more life at the end of your paycheck. Maybe you even make a lot of money, but you have a hard time loving your job. Do you and your spouse often fight about money? Or even worse, do you avoid talking about money altogether? Maybe you feel you have too little, but at the same time, others have too much. If you relate to any of these statements, even just a little, then you may have an unhealthy relationship with money. That's okay, I don't blame you. Growing up, I can recall vivid memories of me having similar thoughts. The good news is that we can all make small but important tweaks to our mindset that will give us a proper perspective when it comes to money and prosperity. So what is a proper prosperity mindset? First off, I'm not a biblical scholar by any means. In fact, I'm embarrassingly bad at it. And I won't cite the Bible as a religious text in this example, but more as a business document for this purpose. In Genesis, the world was created in six days, and on the seventh, God rested. And at the end of each of those days, the day was pronounced using the word good. However, did you know that an eighth thing was pronounced good? That's right. The eighth thing that was pronounced good was gold. The gold of the land is good in Genesis 2.12. Isn't that interesting? We'll get to this more in detail about that verse in a little bit, but what I find even more amazing is that the first time God says something is not good is right after this. It is not good for man to be alone. This is not just commentary on Adam's matrimonial prospects, but rather mankind's reality that it is not good for people to be alone. Why is this so? When man is alone, two things happen. Number one, they go crazy. They go insane. If you lock people up in solitary confinement, you give them the silent treatment, you don't answer a phone call or a text, and people go crazy. It isn't good for people to be alone because it really messes with them psychologically. People really do go crazy. Solitary confinement really is a cruel punishment for humans. In fact, loneliness in people directly affects their health and can contribute to early death as well. When people do not connect with others, it also has a direct effect on addictions, mental health issues, and other psychological maladies. And number two, they are impoverished. In order for wealth to be created, there needs to be other people. At a minimum, at least two people are required for a transaction to take place. One person is required to have money, and the other person is required to have a product or service. Now, for example, one person wants a product more than money, and the other wants money more than the product. And when a transaction takes place, both people are better off because of it. A relationship is formed, and both people are happier. You didn't steal money, and the per person didn't steal the product. One person is wealthier because they have a product they actually wanted, and one person is wealthier because they have money they actually wanted. And both people now like each other more because they have something the other wants. They genuinely care for each other and want what's best for them. So when man is alone, no wealth is created. 
You only live on a subsistence farm, if that, and there are no cities created, no industries created, no societies created, no art, no literature, no culture, no wealth is created. Now let's talk about two things that are very similar, blood and money. They're both two life-giving forces. In fact, blood and money have a lot of similarities. They are both mass nouns. You don't say that I want a money, and you don't say that I want a blood. Also, blood doesn't do any good unless it's circulating in a system. Money doesn't do any good unless it's also circulating in a system. They don't do any good if they're just sitting there. And then if you want to inject life into a body, you pump blood into a body. If you want to inject life into an economy, you pump money into an economy. If you are losing a lot of blood due to an injury, you are hemorrhaging blood. If you are losing a lot of money due to an economic injury, you are hemorrhaging money. If you broke up with a significant other and you never think that you can love again, your heart is using the word broken. And if you cannot afford anything because you feel like you can never get money ever again, you use the same word. You are broke. It is no accident then that the Hebrew word damim means both blood and money. Both give life, both give connection, both multiply good and happiness of the world. So let me tell you a story about my daughter, Jordan Lily. And at some point in the, in the future, I'm going to tell you why we actually call her Jordan Lily. It's a, it's a great story. When she was in kindergarten, her school was doing a fundraiser selling chocolates that cost, cost a dollar each. And she was very excited to do this. So when we got a box and started posting on social media that she was selling these chocolates, it didn't take long before we started getting some orders. So we had her write some thank you notes um, uh, on the orders, and then we started making uh, our deliveries. And we put them all in these little uh, baggies. And one of the very first deliveries that we did was to a neighbor who was on our block who ordered five milk chocolate candy bars. And on our way to the house, uh, Jordan and I were practicing what she should say as soon as we got to the door. Uh, Jordan, you need to say to her, and uh, Allie, that was the name of the first order, Allie, thank you so much for your order and helping my school with field trips. Here are your candy bars. When we got to the door, we knocked and Allie opened up the door and Jordan smiled and with her one tooth missing, and in her wide smile, in a perfectly rehearsed manner, she said her line, Allie, thank you so much for your order and for helping my school with their field trips. Here are your candy bars. Allie then said, Allie then said something to Jordan that changed her life. She said, thank you, Jordan, for the candy bars. Here is $5. That's it. But Jordan took that $5 and with an even bigger smile, she held it tightly with both hands, just like this, and asked me, an invari uh, asked me a very important question for a kindergartner. She said, Daddy, why did she give me $5? And I said, well, Jordan, it's because you made her happy five times. 
You see, money is a reward for making people happy. A transaction was made, and Allie received chocolates she actually wanted, more than she wanted the $5. In fact, Jordan, as a kindergarten, won third place in all of the school for the most chocolates sold. She won $50 as a kindergartner. That's a lot of money for that age. Now, when Jordan won that money, the principal personally handed her an envelope and told her what was inside. When she asked me, Daddy, what should I do with the money? I'm, I'm not going to lie. I actually wanted to make a moment out of this like all dads do. And so I knelt down and got on her kindergarten level, put my hand on her shoulder and looked her straight in the eyes. And I said, Jordan, you now get to be happy 50 times. And of course, uh, she smiled and she did what a kindergartner would do. Uh, she tithed, she bought some candy, she bought some books, she saved some, but she has never forgotten that experience and neither have I. And since then, she has begged me to do things like lemonade stands and uh, picking apricots off our trees and plums from our trees and, and, and selling them. And if you ask her, why do you want to sell these? It's not to make money. She'll tell you. I want to make the world a better place and to make people happy. See, money is the tangible reward for making the most people happy. And it's okay to be rich. It's okay to be very rich. When you buy houses and boats and cars and airplanes and chairs and tables and books and all these sorts of things, you have provided meals and education and retirement accounts and futures for all of the people who built those things for you and those whom you will those things to. See, money is okay. Money is the reward for how many people you made happy. So long as you didn't steal it or misrepresent the products and services unethically. So you may be watching this and you still need to go back to work tomorrow or after the weekend. So how can you take some of these lessons and make the world a better place? Well, the good news is is that you are already making the world a better place by being here. Can't emphasize that enough. But I'm gonna tell you now something that may surprise you. You, whether you know it or not, are already a business owner and have been selling a product or service already for a while. In fact, you already know who your customers are and they have been paying you regularly for your products and services. However, up until today, you've been probably calling them something uh, unintentionally incorrect. You've been calling your customers either your boss or your employer by mistake this entire time. From now on, I, and hopefully you, will forever call them by their correct title. They're your best customers. Many people complain about their paycheck and how little they're paid. Many times people state that if they just paid me more, then they would actually care more and do a better job. However, can you just imagine, let's just say you owned a bakery, how this would sound to your actual customers? If you pay me more for these cookies, then I would actually bake a higher quality cookie? That's not how it works. There are bakeries in this world today that people proudly pay $20 a cookie for. And in fact, if I go to a steakhouse, 
I can actually pay $5 for a steak or I can pay $100 for a steak. There's no shortage of customers for a $100 steak. In fact, there is probably a waiting list and a requirement to make a reservation and a dress code. You probably have to wait to go there. So how can you be the $100 steak and not the $5 steak? If you want to make more money, you need to treat yourself and respect yourself as a business owner and your employer is your best customer. So if you've ever told your customer, I'm sorry, I can't do that, it's not in my job description. You've basically told your customer that they should go shop somewhere else and give some other business owner their business and an opportunity for growth. You see, if you want to make more money, it's better to be ubiquitous than obscure. By making your customers happy, they have no choice but to pay you more. Well, why? Because you're more valuable to them. When you are more valuable, your market shares go, goes up because they know you can always go somewhere else for more money. You do not increase your value by having a reputation for being difficult to work with, by gossiping, by sabotaging success, refusing opportunity, by creating or perpetuating drama, or by only doing things if you are paid to do them. Don't worry, payment comes later and it comes soon. Now you may also worry that you might have to do way too much, that maybe I'm just doing way too much for my boss or my employer. But the thing is, is every business owner may have an opportunity to also franchise. What this means is, is that your boss may also give you an opportunity to then have responsibility over others. No, you don't have to do it all. But when you get into that position where you can then franchise, you can then delegate that responsibility to others. And therefore, your market value also increases. Remember, your reward, your monetary reward, comes by how many people you make happy and by the degree in which you make them happy. It comes by connection and it comes by genuine help. By the way, one way to increase your value is to make your employers or customers is to make them more money. In doing this, you more than likely had a hand in bringing them more happy customers and connections. If you do that, they have no problem paying you more money. You essentially made it easy for them to do so. Now I'd like to go back to the phrase, the gold of the land is good. Now what is the land? What gold is good? Well, the gold of any land you cultivate, whether you're an accountant, a retailer, a custodian, a coach, a salesman, a factory worker, delivery driver, doctor, etc., it doesn't matter. The gold of the land you are cultivating is good. Earn your gold because it is decreed by a divine God as good. As a business owner, you do not have a job. You don't even have a career. You have a calling. You can be an elementary school custodian who has to pour sawdust on puke seemingly every day, or you get to be in charge of keeping the first edifice of higher learning safe, secure, and distraction-free for the most influential people that city and the world will ever see. Or you can be a bricklayer who does nothing but lays bricks all day the same way over and over again and again and again, or 
You can be a bricklayer building cathedrals for people to admire for centuries. Whatever your position is, find your life's calling within it. Your prosperity, your gold is good because you have made people happy. Now, just like Jordan, go enjoy it. Thanks for watching. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you found value in what you've heard and you would like to get a good grasp on your limiting beliefs, but then also achieve your goals each and every day, please follow this podcast. We come out with an episode every single week that will be able to help you in these things in your personal development, help you to truly understand yourself better and then accomplish more. So thank you so much for joining and we hope you have a good week.